I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 2. Read this scripture last night and got through part of it. So Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 38. It says, On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given to him before he was conceived. When the time had come for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the light of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what he had said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. Pierce your own soul too. There was, a, there was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So we've been in a series, and as we continue this series, actually close it off today. How big is your God? I've been taking a little sidetrack the last two days, yesterday and today. Little sidetrack from our from our general theme, if you will, and looking at last night we looked at Simeon. Okay, Simeon in Luke chapter 2, in which we just read. Earlier in the series, we, we talked about Joseph and how Joseph's life was really a foreshadowing of Jesus' life, the coming of the Messiah. Well, Simeon was waiting for the Messiah. Simeon, was his anticipation, he was waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And God had said to him, listen, Simeon, you're not going to see death until you see the Messiah. Can you imagine the anticipation? Can you imagine this man's life just waiting and waiting and worshiping and anticipating the coming of the Messiah and what that would mean? Luke tells us he was waiting with anticipation, like I said, for comfort. The consolation of Israel. He was waiting for this comfort to come to the people. And you think about like anticipation. Okay. Luke talks about the waiting with anticipation. That's, that's, kind of, that's really what he's talking about here. This intense anticipation that both Simeon and Anna had. 
And you think about like for your own life. I mean, how many times or well, how many people here when they knew they were pretty much going to be with that person for the rest of their lives, waiting in anticipation for when he's going to ask me to marry him. When is he going to ask, when is he going to ask me to marry him? Right? That anticipation that you have. Or maybe waiting your, your, your child is in the military and they're, they're at war. A lot of wars going on the past few years in our country and the anticipation of your child coming home from war. Seeing them get off of that plane. Right. You're just waiting and waiting. You know, they're on the plane, but you just want to see their face in the anticipation of seeing them. Even this morning, some of you younger ones anticipating getting home. You're thinking to yourself, Pastor, preach as fast as you can. I want to get home. Anticipation of opening up all my cool gifts and everything. It's anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. So last night we were talking about Simeon waiting for comfort. Waiting to be comforted, waiting for the nation of Israel to be comforted. We mentioned last night also that, you know, the reason there was such anticipation for comfort was that uh, at that time, the people of God were under Roman rule, right? Under King Herod. And there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of concern. When is the Messiah going to come? Many of them had this idea the Messiah was going to be this conquering king in a sense of a military leader who would drive the Romans out of their land and they would have they would be freed from their oppression. So they were anticipating something. They were anticipating being free, being free from Roman oppression. So Simeon had this idea of waiting for the Messiah that would bring comfort bring comfort. In Luke chapter 2, 28 and 29, it's, it, it says this. Jesus says, uh, it says, Simeon took him in his arms when he meets, when he finally meets, when Simeon finally meets Jesus, it says this, he took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Simeon found what he was looking for in Christ. He found what he was, it should be for all of us, honestly, in our lives, but Simeon found what he was looking for in Christ, and now he could leave this world in total peace. I think that is the ultimate goal of every single one of us, that we live our lives in such a way that we complete what God has for us, that we know our purpose here on earth, what God has called us to do, and we live our lives in such a way that at the end of our lives, we can lay on our our deathbeds, we can sit back when we get older and say, Lord, whatever day you take me is fine because I have accomplished all that you have for me. I can leave this world in total peace. There's no woulda, shoulda, couldas in my life. I don't have massive regrets about the way I lived my life. I live for you with all of my heart. And doesn't matter when that starts. You say, well, I'm not living that way now. All right, you're not living that way now. But today, today you could start living that way. And you can live that way for the rest of your life. I've told relatives of mine who are older, I said, you know what? It doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. So Simeon was waiting all this time, but Simeon could now say, I have seen the Christ and I can leave this world in total peace. Everyone needs to hear this, okay? Everyone needs to focus on what I'm saying and hear this. True peace in life only comes through Christ. True peace. You could be going through some challenging times right now. You could be going through some really devastating, difficult times right now. But true peace, true joy 
And true contentment only comes through him. If you're chasing it in any other part of your life or any other area outside of that, you're not going to find it. You can find happiness here and there in spits and spurts, depending how you're feeling, okay, and how your day goes. But true peace, joy, and contentment can only come from him. Now, I want to look at the other Christmas character that isn't mentioned very much. And we talk about it. You know, we talk about Christmas who was waiting, also was waiting for the Messiah to come. And that was Anna. Anna. The Bible tells us that her husband died seven years after they were married. After her husband died, she dedicated her life to, to, the, to prayer and fasting. She went to the temple. The Bible says that she really never left the temple, but worshipped there day and night. So she dedicated her life to God. She focused her life on God and was waiting also for the Messiah. She was waiting. She was looking forward to the same person as Simeon, but for a different reason. It wasn't the same. There was a different reason. Instead of looking for comfort... Anna was looking for forgiveness that would come through the Messiah. Forgiveness. So you have Simeon looking and waiting for comfort. And now you have Anna who is looking for forgiveness that the Messiah would bring. Look at verse 38. It says, come up to them. It says, coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. This concept of redemption is related to the idea of captivity. Now, I need you to, I know it's Christmas morning and you're, but I need you to put your thinking caps on for a second. This is really cool stuff. All right. This is really cool stuff. This whole series, How Big Is Your God? We talked about the foreshadowing of Joseph's life and, and Jesus' life and all the things that we learned. It was like, man, it gave you goosebumps. Well, this is, this is a little bit like that, okay? So the idea of redemption is related to the idea of captivity, being set free, right? It's being set free. We've talked this whole series about, okay, here's where I am right now spiritually and I'm in bondage. Okay. It's the different areas of my life. I want to break free from that bondage and I want to make it to the promised land. That's the whole idea. So what do I need to change? What do I need to break free from in order to move from bondage to the promised land? That's what we're talking about here. That's what she's waiting for. She's waiting for that redemption where you are breaking free, if you will. See, that song we just sang, right? O come, O come, Emmanuel. I'm going to read the, read the words to you because it, it, it talks about what we're talking about this morning. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lowly exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to you, O Israel. The people, I said this last night, the people who had written, who, who wrote those Christmas songs knew their theology, okay? They understood. We sing those songs, we don't really think about it. But that's what they're talking about here. There's a correlation between what they went through, the people of Israel went through, and what we go through, what we're going through, what Christ did for us. It is profound. It takes us back to our journey, okay, our journey. When Moses was in Egypt and he was battling Pharaoh, God brings about the ten plagues, all right? Remember talking about that? God brings on the ten plagues. Passover, okay, Passover and the release of the Hebrews, slave, Hebrews from slavery was at that time, when it comes to the people of Israel, was at that time the most powerful symbol of redemption and God's power. Okay, that's why they celebrated it. Passover. 
the, the, the most powerful symbol of, the, of God's redemptive power in history. Passover is a reminder of God's plagues in Egypt. All right, so you have the Pharaoh, and he's, he will not let those people go. And remember, Pharaoh would, was constantly trying to kill the, baby, uh, the babies uh, who were males in, in Israel, or, or the, the God's people. So he was constantly figuring out, how could I wipe out all the males? And that's what the tenth plague was. It was kind of brought on them. But what happened in the Passover is God said that will not harm the children of Israel. What they need to do is they need to sacrifice an unblemished lamb. Okay, an unblemished lamb and then smear the blood over the doorposts of their homes. And then death would pass over their homes. That's the Passover, that death would pass over their homes. Pharaoh's resistance, once that happened, Pharaoh's resistance was totally broken. It was broken. And he virtually chased his former slaves out of the land. He's like, get out of here. Enough is enough. Once you out of my country, the Israelites left in such a hurry that the bread that they were baking, okay, and were as provisions for their journey, didn't have time to rise. Didn't even have time to rise. They were chased out so quickly. 600,000 males, okay, adult males, and way more women and children were now going to take this journey from Egypt and they were making this, this, this trek to Mount Sinai. So you have, the, you have the Exodus. See, the Old Testament, the reason I'm telling you, you're like, it's Christmas. What are you talking about? Right? You're like, what, where are we going with this? Okay, the Old Testament, that's why you need to read it. That's why we talk about it a lot here. The Old Testament is a foreshadowing what's going to happen in the New Testament. Okay, you take an on, you sacrifice an unblemished lamb and smear the blood over the, the doorposts of your homes and death will pass over. Okay, so now use your put your thinking caps on Jesus, the Lamb of God who shed his blood that takes away the sin of the world, that breaks us free from the bondage of sin. Passover pointed to the day when God, in in God's providence, would deliver us from slavery to sin. That's, that's, that, that, that's all you go to the Old Testament, sacrifice, 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 a perfect lamb sacrifice. Jesus Christ is the perfect lamb sacrifice. Romans chapter, chapter six, verses 19 and 20. I am using an example from everyday life because you're, you're human of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to every increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, okay, this is what you got slavery, you're in bondage in Egypt. When you, but now, when you were slaves to sin, You were free from the control of righteousness. But what benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Because of his death, he has overcome death. We can have eternal life because of what Jesus Christ did. He overcame the sin of the world. His blood covers us and sets us free from sin and death. This is just, it's amazing. You read the Old Testament. The Bible is incredible. 
You read through the Old Testament and it's a foreshadowing of what is going to happen in the New Testament. You think to yourself all the time, people are telling me, why there's all these sacrifices? They're sacrificing the blood of this and they sacrifice that. But if you start to put it all together, you realize the Old Testament is a foreshadowing of what is to come in the New Testament. What the Old Testament sacrifices couldn't do, that baby born in the major could do. What the first Adam failed to do in the Garden of Eden, the second Adam, Jesus, that little baby in a manger, did in the Garden of Gethsemane. These are all tied together. Read the, when you read the Bible, you got the first Adam, you got the second Adam, Jesus is the second Adam. What the first Adam couldn't do and brought about sin in the world, the second Adam, Jesus Christ, did away with through his death and resurrection. When Anna saw Jesus, the first thing she did was just start thanking God, okay? Picture this. Now put yourself in her place. She's been waiting, okay, all these years. She spends all of her time worshiping God, fasting and praying with anticipation that the Messiah would come and that he would bring about just what I just described to you. Okay, that's what she's anticipating. So she thanks God and then she shares the good news with all those around her who who were waiting on that redemption. Jesus, the Messiah, was here. The one who would save his people from their sin. Uh, his, his birth provided what Simeon and Anna, what, had, what, what they had been waiting for, right? God's comfort and his forgiveness. It's a cool story. You think, why don't they tell a story more? Because this is amazing. This is, you talk about the birth of Jesus, right? What was the birth of Jesus all about? Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. They've been waiting. Simeon and Anna both been waiting. What? What are they waiting for? They're waiting for the Messiah. What would Messiah bring to them? He would bring them comfort and forgiveness. Comfort and forgiveness. Something that every single one of us need. What are you waiting for this year? What are you waiting for? Do you have anticipation? What are you waiting for God to do in your life this year? Maybe you're, maybe you're like Simeon and you're, you're waiting for comfort. Man, it's been a tough year. Kind of glad 2016 is over for, for maybe for you because you're just, you are waiting on God's comfort. You may feel, you may be feeling alone or you may be feeling discouraged or, or afraid or, you know, just over, maybe just overwhelmed. It's been overwhelming. And you're waiting for God's comfort. You, you may need a fresh start to reboot, if you will, to, to, to do a do-over in your life. And you're waiting for God. You need God to, get, to give you his strength so you can kind of get started. In your own strength, you don't have it. You just don't have it in your own strength. You've been through so much, you just don't have it. And you're waiting for God to show up in such a powerful way that he can give you a fresh start. That you can have a do-over in the, in the coming year. And you know that it will only come through the power of Jesus Christ. You need his healing power. You, you, you need his comfort as you battle through the challenges of your life. They were waiting. He was waiting with anticipation. Simi was waiting with anticipation for that comfort to come. They were under so much pressure, pressure. And then the Messiah comes and he knows. He understands. He sees. He realizes. He embraces. And he says, you know what? 
I've seen everything I need to see in this world. I have been comforted beyond my wildest dreams. Lord, you can take me anytime you want to take me. See, this series has really been about, right, setting goals, starting out in bondage, moving to the promised land. It's about setting goals. It's about moving from one place to another. It's about, it's about change. But that's often difficult, right? It's hard. Ch- change, change is really, really hard. It doesn't always come easy. But Jesus has come to console us right where we are. He's come to comfort us right where we are. Maybe this morning you identify more with Anna. Maybe you're saying, you know, there's, I, I need some forgiveness. Uh, there's forgiveness that I need. You may be dealing with some guilt in your life for the way that you've been living. You know, you know you have not been living. You, you know what's right, but you haven't been living according to what's right. And you're just saying, God, I need, I need that forgiveness. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you're still feeling like you're in bondage to some area of sin in your life and you, you need God's strength and you need God's forgiveness and power to, to overcome that. You need God to forgive you. You can have that. For some of you, maybe, maybe not right now, you need to give the gift of forgiveness to someone else. That holds you in bondage. You think, well, you know, I'm not giving that up. But what that does is it keeps you right here. It keeps you right here. There's something about giving the gift of forgiveness to others. I'm not saying agreeing with what they did was right or, or getting stepped all over. I'm saying forgiving that person. That, giving the gift of gift forgiveness to someone else actually gives you the gift. Because you're the one set free. Bitterness and, and, and a, a, a lack of forgiveness can eat you up inside. I say this all the time. When you don't forgive someone, it's like you drink poison and hope the other person dies. Think about that. And that's what we do. So maybe you need to give the gift of forgiveness to set yourself free. Maybe, maybe for some people, you need to forgive yourself. There's things you've done in the past and you've gone through. And you know what? Jesus, the baby in the manger, okay, the inc- this incredible living God that we worship has forgiven you and has forgotten, okay, all those things. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I forgiven you for your sin, okay, I've separated you from your sin. But you're still holding on to it because you haven't forgiven yourself. You haven't forgiven yourself. And this morning... You need to let that go. You need to forgive yourself. If you need forgiveness this morning in any area, that's what, that's what, that's what Anna was waiting for. She was waiting for that redemption. She was waiting for forgiveness. If you're waiting for that forgiveness this morning, you can find that in Jesus Christ. I think, I, I can't think of a better time than Christmas. Listen, I can't think of a better time than, you're at, we all ask for gifts, right? I ask for, what do you want for Christmas? I want this, I want that, I want the other thing. What better time than Christmas to ask for, okay, or to receive a gift? What better time than right now to ask for a gift or to give a gift that will change your life forever? The gift of forgiveness. Some of you need comfort. Some of you need forgiveness. Okay, that's what the Christmas story is really about. It's about a savior. Okay, it's about a savior who was born, who lived a perfect, sinless life 
and the Lamb of God who was sacrificed for each one of us. Not so that we can just talk about Christmas and a baby in a manger, that we can talk about a living God who can bring comfort and forgiveness into our lives. I want you to bow your heads with me. And I want you to just concentrate on my words as we close out here. If you need his forgiveness, then you need to ask for it right now. Receive the greatest gift that you're going to receive this Christmas. It's not wrapped underneath the tree. For some of you, it's right now. You need to ask God's forgiveness right now. Don't you dare think, oh, you don't understand what I've done. I don't care. That, that, that's, a, that's a life in the pit of hell, okay? We're talking about Jesus Christ who was born in a manger, who lived a sinless life, who gave himself for you so that this morning, he died for you so that this morning you could ask God to forgive you. And through Christ, he will. Ask him. If you need forgiveness, you need to ask him. Leave here. Break free of the bondage. Leave here in freedom. Leave here in freedom. You are are no longer a slave to sin. Leave here in freedom. If you need to forgive someone, to set yourself free, give that forgiveness now. You don't even have to be in front of that person. You can just say it in your heart. Set yourself free. No lo- you can no longer allow that situation or that person to control you. Set yourself free. Give that forgiveness now. Stop drinking the poison. If you need to forgive yourself, do it now. Anna was anticipating the coming of the Messiah. She was anticipating why, because of the forgiveness, the redemption that he would bring, not only to her people, but to all people. You need to forgive yourself. Stop thinking what you've done is beyond what God can handle. That's not true. That is not true. Do it now. Give yourself through Christ the greatest gift that you can give yourself this Christmas. Father, thank you for setting us free. Thank you, Lord God, as we read your word, we just know, we thank you for, for the truth in it and the knowledge that we have been set free because of what you have done for us. This baby in a manger, the story doesn't end there. It ends with an incredible Savior loving us so much that he gave his life for us so that we could be set free from the slavery to sin, so that we can be set free from the bonds that hold us in our place. Lord God, we want to be set free this morning. And we praise you and we thank you for your birth. We thank you for your life and your example. And we thank you for your resurrection that sets us free from sin and death from the things that hold on to us. And we say Merry Christmas with all of our hearts. We say Happy Birthday to you. You are the greatest gift we will ever receive in this world. And we're thankful for it. And we're going to take advantage of it, Lord God. The advantage of the gift that we have in you. 
please comfort those who need comfort and forgive those who need forgiveness. And we leave here, Lord, with hearts that are light and free. And may we have a blessed day. And may we think about you all day long and the celebrations that we have. May we think about you all day long. And may we wait with anticipation, Lord God, for what you're going to do in and through us in the days and months and years to come. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas.